The Cousins, May 1982. The two cousins sat in the sunlight of a May afternoon, overlooking the edge of a suburban backyard. Ari Wiesenthal was seven, a sturdy-looking boy who wore a distracted look and seemed to have a permanent frown line between his eyes. His hair was dark brown, but moppy, somewhere between wavy and curly. Nicole was only four. She was as slight and airy as he was solid, with a pair of long, thin dancer's legs. For a child so young, she was eerily beautiful, red-haired, her eyes deep brown and level. She was barefoot, wearing a sweatshirt over a pair of flowered shorts. Their two chairs were angled toward each other. They were child-sized versions of Adirondack chairs, and the dew still gleamed on the forest green wood. The chairs had broad curving arms, and on each arm sat a highball glass with a straw sticking out of it, so the children looked like adults having miniature cocktails. The two sisters, their mothers choked about it, looking out the kitchen window. Salt and pepper, the inseparables. The children sat with their legs crossed, mirroring each other. They could sit like this and talk for an hour at least, calmly and quietly. The cousins had been this close from the time they were toddlers, Ari and Nicky, one brown head, one dark red with threads of strawberry blonde and gold and blood red running through it. Ari's toy poodles, the older dog London, and Florence the puppy, lay sleeping at their feet. Ari's mother was telling her younger sister a funny story. She was short, stocky, dark-haired, and dramatic. Suburbia bored her. Telling outrageous stories, at least half of them lies, was how she kept herself sane. It was a dinky little diner, she said, and they were already asking people to make their early reservations for Thanksgiving. In May, for Pete's sake. They had up a little sign by the cash register. So on my way out, I announced, I would like to make a reservation for Thanksgiving dinner. You didn't, said her sister, shaking her head disapprovingly. She was as fair and thin as her sister was dark and voluptuous. Yes, I did. The cashier asked, how large is your party? Oh, I said, just one, party of one. But I like to plan ahead. The two sisters burst out laughing. As if on cue, a large brown and black mongrel charged around the corner, growling and snapping his jaws. Forever after, Ari, the boy cousin, would associate the sound of women laughing together with danger. The strange dog lunged straight for the toy poodles, as if he'd heard them trash-talking him down the hill and had come to kill both. His eyes were a bright yellowish color, closer to a bird of praise than a dog's. He sprang at them, snarling, jaw flecked with foam. He lowered his head, fur bristling like a military crew cut. The poodles woke, hysterically yapping. The strange dog floated forward, sank his teeth into the smaller one's neck, then her foreleg, and there was a sudden flurry, a terrifying storm of sharp, pained yelps and flying blood and leaping fur. Nikki looked to Ari for direction, as she always did. Ari was paralyzed. He could not move. 
his hands frozen to the sides of the wooden chair. Nicole jumped to her feet, screaming shrilly, but she dashed straight for the strange dog, hauling him off the two barking poodles. Ari stared at Nicole's thin, bare feet, planted apart on the wood deck. Her red hair was glowing. Her mouth was trembling. He had never seen anyone look so alive. The mongrel abruptly changed his objective and sank his teeth into Nicole's wrist. The dog's tail went rigid as if it had been made of stone. Nikki was shrieking, but stood guard over the two smaller dogs. At the same instant, three things happened. The sliding door from the kitchen to the deck rolled open like thunder. Nikki's mother yanked a dish towel from the kitchen drawer and ran out to wrap up her sobbing daughter's hand. The mongrel changed direction again and began to gallop back down the hill, his tail flat. And Ari scooped Nikki into his arms and carried her into the house.